Hey guys, what's up? And welcome back to another hangout with your favorite online virtual sister. I've made myself quite the concoction today. So I've been trying out these IQ mixes along with these IQ bars. I also brought a snack for today's video. Yes, they sponsored today's coffee talk, but I've actually in general just been drinking and eating these lately. These are the best snacks and I tried something new. Normally you're supposed to mix the IQ mixes into cold water. I wanted a hot tea, but I also wanted to have my second IQ mix of the day. So I mixed it into hot water instead. It smells so good. It smells like a blueberry tea. This is the blueberry pomegranate. Oh my God. I think I've just like, I'm, this is gonna be my new drink now. Mix it with a little bit of lemon juice and so good. Thunderstormy type weather, so I was in the mood for something warm and cozy, hence why I wanted to make this when I'm, I don't even know if I would call this a tea because it's not a technical tea, but like a blueberry pomegranate hot drink. I don't know. I don't know what we're gonna call it, but it's, it, let's just call it delicious. Feel free to grab your own nails, your own snacks, your own drinks, or if you're going for a walk or if you're going for a drive, do so safely. Let me know what you're doing and what you're drinking or snacking on down below if you're over here on Kaylin's Coffee Talk and Flows on YouTube. Otherwise, hello and welcome. So today's chat is going to be almost like a pep talk, but also kind of like a guided journaling session. So you can use this as a session if you are journaling today or you can take these prompts, pull them from today's chat and go off and do a journal session with this. I get asked so often, how do I know what my purpose is? How do I know what to do with my life? What should I make in terms of a decision for my next step in life? Or I'm afraid I've made the wrong choice or I'm afraid I'm going to make the wrong choice. And I really do feel like there's this baseline truth and almost like a little bit of baseline advice that I would give. That is what we're gonna talk about today. I'm gonna give you advice as if I was your best friend or your online sister, because that's exactly what I am. I've noticed a lot of the times as human beings, and this is definitely a generalization, but out there in society, especially on social media, we're really living from the shoulders up and we're disconnected from our bodies. And I think that technology plays a real big role in this. And I think that social media plays a big role in this. We get so lost in like who we think we are. I do this too. I get lost in it too. When I'm trying to like rebrand my socials and I'm like, okay, I went from city girl and now I'm a country girl. And like, so how can I like categorize myself so that people that are in similar demographics will find me. And uh, it's a catch 22 because it makes sense when we try to break ourselves down and plan things and make things very meticulous and very, very methodical and very organized, it helps us feel like we have some sense of control. And yes, that can be helpful, but it can also cause us to get a little bit of tunnel vision. Realistically, I think for the most part, we are all coming from the head. We're all coming from the brain. We're all coming from our cognitive thinking. And a lot of the times too, we don't realize why we feel so foggy, why things feel so difficult, why it seems hard for us to get that cognitive function to be able to sit and look at something and figure something out and plan something and make a decision or to know ourselves because we're trying to do everything with the brain. The brain is phenomenal. It is amazing, but it's a tool that can only be best utilized when it's combined and in connection to the rest of the body and in my opinion, the soul or the spirit. So when we try and strip away the soul or the spirit and we try and strip away the body and we try to do everything through the brain, we cut ourselves off from so much of our own wisdom. I also think that we cut ourselves out of a lot of serendipity or opportunities that arise when we get into the doing of life instead of the planning or the thinking of life. So I'm gonna get into the journal prompts in a second here, but this is just a little bit of wisdom to kind of create the bedrock around our conversation today. When you catch yourself too far into the planning, too far into the journaling, too far into the thinking, 
uh, trying to make pros and cons lists, still feeling stuck, we're too far into the brain. We're too far into the mind. We're too far into the trying to organize life and organize information. I, I do believe to a certain extent life can be organized. Life in general is really organized chaos. And sometimes we need to lean into that chaos. Sometimes we need to find that balance. And that chaos really comes from the doing. In a way, almost throwing caution to the wind and allowing yourself to get into a flow instead of trying to force yourself forward with the mind. Take this advice if it actually fits because sometimes we really do need to lean into our function, lean into our organization skills, lean into our ability to assess and move forward with the right choice based on that organized methodical plan. But if you've been sitting with these questions, if you're unsure of what to do with your life and you've been here for a while, it might be time to break the mold a little bit, break out of the brain and get back into the body, get back into the spirit. And you don't have to do things that directly go into what it is you're trying to figure out. Like if you're trying to decide what kind of career path to take. Maybe you're trying to decide on a life purpose, a life focus, which in a way we can have multiple purposes. We can have multiple focuses, but let's say you just want to have a sense of direction to head into. If you just take a break from all of the thinking and planning and you go out and you garden, I don't know, create some art or dance or listen to some music or take a month off of planning and thinking and doing. See if you can actually push out the need to make a decision a little bit and get into your body, get into the ability to move and to flow. And in a lot of ways, you've probably experienced this before. I feel like everybody has where maybe you're showering, maybe you're biking, maybe you're walking, maybe you're just doing something, you're cooking, you're doing dishes, you're cleaning your house and the best ideas come to you or these pockets of wisdom or these downloads come to you. Things suddenly have clarity that you didn't have before. Our best ideas come to us in those moments because our brain is in a state of flow. It's not being forced to figure something out. You're allowing it free range. You're allowing it freedom to have the space to look at things from new angles, to even complete meticulous tasks. Like something as simple as doing the dishes can allow you to come to clarity on completely irrelevant situations to the dishes. So if you do feel like you're stuck on a big, big life question, or you're worried about making a decision, or you're not too sure what to do, try to step away from the planning, try to step away from the doing. I mean, take these journal prompts, yes, and do them. Take this guided journal session and definitely go through it. But even if you feel stuck on some of the questions I'm gonna ask you today, take some space, get into the doing, and try and be in the doing as long as you can until those downloads start coming to you. It's not necessarily what you're doing, it's more so about how you're doing it. So what you choose isn't actually going to be as important as how you end up moving through the choice that you make. So what that means is there's really no wrong choice to make. There's really only life to be experienced and wherever you go, whatever you choose, you take yourself with you. Everything in life is an experience. And so, yes, I mean, of course, there's going to feel like there are experiences that are more aligned with ourselves or that feel serendipitous or that ignite us in a way that maybe others don't. That said though, there are ways that you can ignite yourself and feel all fiery and inspired doing the dishes. So if that can fulfill you, if that purpose in that small moment of my purpose right now is just to do the dishes and doing the dishes gives you that sense of home, it gives you that sense of taking care of yourself, taking care of your home, which allows you to feel rooted. Imagine that then there's really no wrong big decision to make if even the small decisions are that can be that fulfilling, you know? So let's say you've always had a dream 
and you finally get the chance to live out that dream. And while you're living that dream, you feel unfulfilled. While you're living that dream, it suddenly isn't what you expected or you for whatever reason just cannot understand why you're not overflowing with joy, why you feel empty inside, why things just don't feel right. The dream is reflecting back to you the misalignments within yourself or perhaps the misalignment in what we sometimes tend to kind of like romanticize ourselves to think is the right dream or the right life for us. It can just show us the things that are actually maybe perhaps truly more important to us that are missing from that dream. My dream for the longest time was to be successful, to live in the city. I wanted to either move to Toronto, Vancouver, or New York. And I wanted to become super successful once I started to get into the social media world and I realized that it was a job that I could get paid for. Then it became like the sky was the limit. And I wanted to write books and I wanted to start a podcast and I made all of these big lofty goals for myself. And the year that I actually hit all of those goals was one of the hardest years of my life because I was so mentally unwell. I was so, anguished, I was so lonely, I felt so unfulfilled and I was so upset because I kept on achieving and I kept on being productive and then I kept on feeling guilty that it didn't feel fulfilling enough to me. And it took me being really, really honest with myself, which is where we're heading with this conversation, when I really started to lean into the things that I was actually avoiding. I truly wanted connection, I wanted home, I wanted to root somewhere, I wanted vulnerability. I wanted family, I wanted love, and those were the things that scared me most, so I avoided them most, and instead I kept on chasing things in my career, and I kept on thinking like, this is safe, because all I have to do is stay cooped up in my little apartment and not really go out much, and not have to interact with people much, and not have to put myself out there much, because in this small area of life, I feel validated, and if I keep doing these things, and I keep producing and producing and producing, and I keep getting all of this feedback of people that are like, I like what you do, then I won't need that real in-life physical connection. I won't need that in-life physical vulnerability. I won't need to root anywhere. I could travel all over the world, and yet it wasn't what I really wanted. I was avoiding what I was truly fearing the most. And maybe you have lived an experience like that where you finally got something you really wanted, and then you found that it didn't actually complete your life the way you thought it would. Just like if you're trying to make a big giant decision, be it a partner, a career, or where to live, or anything of the sort, it also will not complete you. If you come from a place of completion, then anything you do is really kind of a cherry on top. You're gonna do it in a great way anyway because you're going from a state of flow. If you're coming from a place of incompletion, then you're going to constantly be grasping at things in the exterior world to make sense of why you feel incomplete. And a lot of the times you're gonna feel guilty or you're, you're gonna feel some type of I don't know what you'll feel. My main emotion around it was guilt because then I felt like, well, I've done it and there are people that are, you know, desperately trying to do it and I did it and I don't feel any better and I don't feel good and I want more and I kept on wanting more and when am I going to stop wanting more? And I already knew that wanting more wasn't the answer. So it forced me to really deeply self-reflect as to why these decisions I was making weren't actually fulfilling me in some kind of way. When you get down to the how, when you get down into the the nitty gritty of your day to day, what you end up doing will actually not matter as much. And in a way, the stepping stones will start to lay themselves out in front of you. You'll know where to step next because you'll have a sense of trust from within. Nothing will feel so make or break. It won't feel so life or death to make these types of decisions because you'll know that it's all an experience. And anything that you do choose, that you do feel misaligned with, you can then choose differently again. Pure example, I now no longer live in the city. I now, I do still create and I love my job. I've 
always loved this job. I still write, I still produce, but I produce now from a place of completion. I produce now from a place of rootedness because what my main real goals were have been met and I can come from a place of more alignment. I mean, I'm still coming from a place of like lack of sleep. I'm also a new mom. Like there's a lot of things that factor into the fact that I still don't feel like I'm producing on the level that I would like to or creating the things that I really see myself or feel myself having within me that I know I could bring out. What I end up actually doing at the end of the day isn't nearly as important as how I went about doing it. And that is what's more important to me. If you have to go through seasons of lulls or you go through seasons where you plateau or you backtrack a little bit, all of these things will be okay because all you're doing is you're realigning the exterior with what you've come to understand is your truest alignment and in the interior part of yourself and in the inside. Okay, I've talked long enough without even giving you my journal prompts. So let's jump into some guided journaling. You can feel free to take these prompts, pause me, stop, stop letting me jabber into your ears and write out your answers. Or you can listen to the full chat, listen to the full discussion and then take these prompts and do them in your own time. I have a few questions for you to run through if you're really stuck on what to do with your life or a decision that you're making. The first question I have is you need to know what you what you need and what you need is actually not that complicated. A lot of the times we add a lot of things to this list that aren't actually needs. They're just really nice wants and we don't want to let them go. And you're allowed to have a wants list too, but I'm talking baseline what do you need? Make this list as simple as possible because when you've simplified what you need, everything in life becomes icing on top of the cake. And what you need really comes down to like, what does your body as a human being truly need? What does your spirit as a human being truly need? And what does your mind truly need? I can give you some examples off the top of my mind. So obviously you need fuel. You need to be able to feed yourself, you need water, you need a roof over your head, you need some sense of shelter, some, some, some sense of home or a place to go recharge and have your atmosphere, you know, yourself. If you're someone that likes to be a little bit more nomadic and travel around with any real, without any sense of like rootedness to one place, you might actually need your little things like a picture of your pet or like a picture of your family or something or that one candle and your pillow. And as long as you have those things, you can travel anywhere in the world, but exercise, space to like recalibrate your mind, a, a, a chance to bring yourself into a state of peace of mind. So for some that might be meditation, it might be reading, it might be walks in nature, it might be breath work, it might actually be socializing with the people you love. Maybe that's a need. Maybe you need to be around friends and family, especially if you have a family yourself or you're trying to start a family one day, like what do you need? Make a list. Make it simple, but make sure that you add everything in there that you truly could not picture yourself going without in one week's time. What do you need? And then specifically, if you're trying to choose a career, then ask yourself, how much do you need to make to meet these needs? Because again, if you can find your simplest baseline salary, then you'll know exactly how much you need to go out into the world and find a job for, plus a little. Always give yourself a little bit of cushion because if you can meet your needs and then add a little bit of comfort on top of that, you'll be fine. So figure out what you need. That is us living in our rooted core. You know, that is where we're like, okay, in terms of reality, in terms of bringing our head all the way down from space, from dreamland and bringing it to the common day reality, this is what I need. This is what I, uh, these are the basic needs I have to meet or I need met by the exterior decision that I'm making. Furthermore, when you make a list that is then what would be really nice to have, this is where we kind of drift more into 
I, I don't know why I feel a resistance using this word. I just feel like it's been so coined lately on the internet, but kind of moving into things like manifestation. I'll shift it into some new verbiage. This is where we get into being creative with our lives, where we can take what meets our basic needs and then add on a little bit of dazzle on top. That was a little corny. Add on a little bit of like, what do I want to add on here? If you were the artist of your life, which you are, and your basic needs are you need a canvas and some paint, that's great. But now you have full choice on what you're gonna paint. And what you're gonna paint is the really nice things to have that, that you could have and you can have. And manifestation, perhaps again, a completely different conversation to have one day, gets a little sticky for me when we get too far into what do I want for myself and my life? Because yes, I do believe that when we're coming from a place of our highest alignment, then we're a better service to the world. But I think sometimes too, the place that like the coined version of manifestation on the internet has gotten lost is like, it's become almost a little narcissistic where everybody's manifestation list has no thought of anybody else. There's no communal thought. There's no thought about like how our wants will contribute to the planet in any kind of way or create detriment to the planet in any kind of way. Like if you want 10 different houses and 10 different places and to fly a private jet everywhere, like, you know, that's kind of where I'm getting at. But it obviously would be really nice to have those things. However, again, I'm getting off into a tangent for a conversation that I can have on an, at another time. If you guys want to talk about kind of like the pros and cons to the weird social media trend of like manifestation, we can have that conversation. Cause I do love a good manifestation. I, I not to toot my own horn, feel like I'm pretty good at manifestation in terms of making a plan, knowing what I want and then making it happen. I just think that manifestation gets a little too self-centered at times, but you're allowed to be a little selfish. We're all allowed to be a little selfish. We're all kind of made to be a little selfish because all of our energy got broken down into these tiny little packages where we really only know the life through the perspective of ourselves. So it's kind of inherent that we're gonna be a little selfish. So right now, give yourself permission to be just a little bit selfish and ask yourself, once your basic needs are met, what would be really nice to have? Would it be really nice to wake up every morning, make yourself a coffee, walk out on your deck surrounded by nature and read a chapter of your book? Or would it be really nice to wake up and take your dog and put them on a leash and go for a nice stroll within the city and get a cup of coffee at a nice cafe or meet your friends for Pilates or whatever it is. Like what would be really nice to have? You don't need it, but it's nice to have it. What are you really interested in or could be really good at if you weren't already? And by could be really good at, I mean if you actually took the time and dedication and the interest that you already have in this thing, you could be or would be really, really great at this thing. So this is a question that you should sit with and allow yourself to download. And you can ask friends and family this question as well. Like think about the things that you are naturally good at. You don't really have to try those. That's a great place to start because again, minimal effort is always going to be a great place to build off of as a bedrock. If it's something that you really love an example, I'm really good at giving people advice. Not always the best at taking it for myself at times, but I'm very, very good at when someone comes to me with a problem and they give me the permission to take my perspective and build them up and make them feel really good and help them see their, their, their qualities, their attributes, and then give them that motivation, give them that energy to be like, you can do it. Like I can see it in you and I want you to see it in you. So like I, I feel like I'm really good at that. When someone asks me for advice, when someone wants my perspective, when somebody wants my wisdom in a way, I feel weird saying my wisdom because that feels like a little bit not narcissistic. I just struggle with sometimes to like own that within myself, but it really is. There is this 
this inherited wisdom that for whatever reason I've been gifted, where if I sit with deep, deep, deep questions, I'm able to not only look at it from all perspectives, but also hear certain things that I'm just like, that seems like the truth, at least my truth. And I'm also at times not always the best at it, but I'm pretty good at opening up and expressing my truth in, in a very vulnerable way on the internet. These are other things that I'm really good at and I execute those things and I've created a job around those things. So what are you really, really good at? Or what do you have interest in? Maybe it's video editing. That was something else that I always had a really, really high interest in and I love to do. And with time and dedication, I've gotten better over the years. Like ask yourself, what intrigues you? What interests you? What pulls at your heartstrings? What would make your inner, inner child sing? What would have made your younger self sing? And if you have the time and dedication, what could you become really, really good at? And here's the thing, if you don't know what your interests really are, if you're like, I'm actually not that sure, like I can't remember the last time that I got lost in something or felt really compelled by my interest in something, that's actually a really great place to be too because you then you can actually figure that out again by getting out of your head, stop trying to think about what you're interested in and get out and feel your interest. What do you feel pulled towards? Like go and walk a city, walk a town, walk your hometown, see if anything calls to you. Do you see someone gardening in their front yard and you're like, damn, that actually looks really peaceful. Do you walk by a library and think like, I feel like reading a book or finding a new book or hell, I feel like writing a book today. Do you see someone with a group of students and think, gosh, teaching would be really fun. Do you see a mom with her kids and think, that's it right there. That seems very fulfilling. Do you go, you could, you also don't need to necessarily go online. It's just that being and doing is a little bit different and pulling yourself out of the brain is a lot easier when you're in the physical realm. But if you have to scroll on Pinterest, scroll on the internet, just be wary. When you try to decide things, when you try to gauge interest on the internet, we always have to create space for the knowing that we're looking at a highlight reel, okay? And that's important to note only because we've talked about it many times, so I won't go off too far into this, but just this idea that we don't want to romanticize this decision that we're making because there needs to be a balance between, yes, romanticize your life, hell, go at it, but also you need to bring a sense of practicality and functionality and reality into these decisions as well. I always almost get like a little bit of a lisp when I say certain things, but like you really do. And I, I say this as a Pisces, I say this as a dreamer, I say this as somebody who loves, I'm a, I'm a hopeless romantic, okay? You tell me anything and I will romanticize the shit out of it. You tell me that you need to do your dishes and I will tell you exactly how to do it in a way that is romanticized, okay? Blare your music, put on some nice, fun, comfy, casual clothes, put your hair up in a bun, put on some cute lipstick, dance while you put your dishes away. And and like there, you just romanticized your dishes. Act like you're literally that person in a movie that, you know, it's her Sunday and she's just like bopping around like headphones in and there's some guy who's not creepy and was welcomed into your home and is there for a reason that you don't realize is around the corner watching you dance all cute while you put your dishes away. Boom, romanticized dishes. Let's move on. This next question, whew, getting a little sweaty here. This next question is one that baffled me a little bit. What requires the least amount of effort? And I'm gonna add to it. What requires the least amount of your peace? Your peace of mind, because your peace of mind, at least in my, opinion is your power. When you are in your in your peace of mind, when your mind is at peace, when your body is at peace, when your spirit is at peace, you don't have to worry so much about making the right decisions. I truly think that that is the antidote to all of this worry, all of this anxiety, all of this pressure to be doing so much, to be choosing so much, to be reaching so far. I really do think that if you come from a place of peace, 
none of this stuff really matters as much. You stop worrying about it so much. So when you have to ask yourself, specifically coming back to making a life purpose or choosing a career, what requires the least amount of effort for you to coming back up to the first prompt, meet your basic needs. I struggled with this question. I struggled with it because when it was, when it was brought to me, it made me feel like, oh God, it, I, I struggled with it because it made me feel like I had to really confront this truth within myself that I downloaded that isn't truth at all, that my, oh, my worthiness comes from my productivity. It comes, how much I produce for other people, how much I do for other people is what actually allows me the ability to have my needs met. And so I need to go above and beyond. I need to do a lot because that's the only way that I feel like I'm worthy of the things that I'm then doing or having or buying, you know, like having a roof over my head, having a, a house. Like I feel guilty that in this day and age, I have that. And so I feel like, well, I don't want to just have, I don't want to do the like minimum effort thing. I don't want to just, what do I get paid for the most that requires the least amount of effort? Like that felt like a wrong formula to me. It made me feel guilty. Again, my own inherited problems that I got to deal with, but it really challenged this idea that my worth comes from my productivity. It's not necessarily that you get a job and you don't do it to the best of your ability. It just means more so like, what requires the least amount of effort or peace of mind on your part to make your basic needs met. And then do that thing. Don't get a job where you're actually not living up to the promises you made. It's more so like, I don't know, just, I don't know what this would look like for other people. But like, for me, I know that the least amount of effort for me comes definitely to like, including things like sponsorships and videos that is very minimal effort for very great reward. And I'm able to make good pay and pay my bills and, feed my family and give my child a future. And so it, I struggled with that because to me, I was like, well, well, other people aren't gonna like it or it doesn't seem fair that I can just do this tiny little ad and make good money. And like a, a lot, it challenged a lot of my own worth and challenged a lot of my own ideas around what I'm allowed to have and where my blocks were with myself and where I told myself like I need to work harder to make the same amount of money because that makes it more worthy or makes me more worthy. Again, this is all just me tangenting off on this question because I just think if anybody does struggle with any sense of self-worth or any sense of insecurity at all, asking yourself or giving yourself permission to actually do the thing that requires the least amount of effort for you to get paid what you need to meet your, meet your basic needs and the really nice wants, it'll reflect back to you a lot of your blocks that you might actually have. This idea that you need to actually be not for lack of a better term, breaking your neck to meet your basic needs or breaking your neck or working hard. And again, this is something else that I think that depending on where you live, but definitely in North American culture, we definitely tend to glamorize like lack of sleep, working really hard, working crazy hours, staying up all night or being so, so stressed and so, so busy. And you're actually allowed to give yourself back your peace of mind. I think that there's a huge power in giving yourself back the ability to actually say, I have time freedom, but I'm not gonna use it on that. Or I have choices and none of these choices are the right one for me, so I'm not gonna choose any of them. I mean, giving yourself back your peace of mind, giving your, yourself back your simplicity, and that's exactly why I said simplify your needs. Simplify what you need. Stop making it seem like you need to live in this specific place or you need to have these specific things or specific, especially material things. And if you can simplify your needs, then you can simplify your peace of mind. And that's not to say that you need to be a minimalist or anything like that, but it's more so when you make 
When you make it known that your basic needs are met, everything else becomes a choice, not a necessity. Everything else becomes a part of you choosing from a place of power instead of choosing out of a place of lack. And so, I don't know. I just found this question to be really interesting when it was pitched to me, like what requires the least amount of effort really, really showed me where my blocks were in terms of what I felt I was allowed to do, what I felt I was worthy of. We all have to give away little little parts of our peace of mind to do certain things. I mean, nobody can be in their peace all day. I mean, if you have, you've mastered some sense of enlightenment and I would love to know your formula, but I mean more so like everybody has to deal with problems. We all have to do things that are annoying at times. We all have to do our taxes. We all have to go get our oil changed and clean our cars and you know do the dishes. But what requires the least amount of your peace of mind is an important question to ask because it's going to show you again, you're not giving more than you're getting and not from a place of selfishness or narcissism either, but just more so from a place of self-preservation and peace true peace. I can tell I've been talking too long when my when my sentences start not functioning and making sense, which this IQ mix, by the way, is meant to actually help with cognitive function. So I'm praying that this is going to help me because my milk brain is wild. But what are you already doing in the sense of if you are trying to choose a life purpose, this question is super important. What are you already doing? And I might kind of navigate you to maybe go to a coffee talk I did not too long ago that was you're already doing it because a lot of the times too we create problems for ourselves by creating questions that we actually don't have to answer you don't need a giant life purpose you don't need to be doing something giant huge and crazy in order to again have a sense of worthiness or have a sense of validity for like existing you know what you're already doing holds the key to a lot of the questions that we already ask, you know? And again, it comes back to get out of your head and back into your body, get back into the doing, get back into your life. Stop trying to plan so much. Stop trying to ask yourself so many deep, deep, deep questions. And I say that as someone that loves the deep questions, I would love to sit across from you and talk about every possible deep question you could possibly have or myself that I could possibly have and all of our possible theories. It's like my favorite, favorite pastime. But at the same time, we have to break away from those conversations to get back into the doing. And it's in the doing that we actually come back together as a species and have things to talk about and have wisdom to share. And so what you're already doing is very likely already enough, is very likely already your current purpose. And again, if it doesn't feel aligned, you have full creative control in being the artist of your life to change it. But what you're already doing can also give you that peace of mind, can also give you that sense of, actually, I'm already doing lots. How can I bring some romance back into the things that I'm doing to make it enough? Because maybe you have a job that wasn't the job you maybe saw for yourself when you were a kid, but your basic needs are met. You do have time freedom. You're bellies are full or maybe your family's bellies are full and there's a roof over your head and it's a house that you actually really like and it's really cute and you have a couple areas of the house that you might want to do a couple DIYs or some you know makeovers or maybe not at all maybe you're totally content with it and for some reason you're feeling like you need to reach for more and that's actually not the case so take a good look at what you're already doing and even if you feel like what you're already doing isn't enough still answer this prompt still write it out my last prompt for you today and possibly the biggest takeaway, no matter the decision you're trying to make, is what are you avoiding? Maybe you're avoiding your family. Maybe you're avoiding your trauma. Maybe you're avoiding therapy. Maybe you're avoiding exercise. Maybe you're avoiding cleaning your house. Maybe you're avoiding 
calling that person back. Maybe you're avoiding love in general. Like maybe you're avoiding doing something that's been on your to-do list for so long that's really, really stressing you out, but you're avoiding it because you just don't feel like you have the capabilities or the tools. Like genuinely, what are you avoiding right here, right now in this chapter of your life? Either pause and think about it or pause and write down what are you avoiding? Face the question, face the reflection, and let me tell you why. If you have one takeaway from today's coffee talk, this is going to be the most important one, the most important prompt, and it's something you should ask yourself regularly, at least once a season, okay? Four times a year, if not once a year, at least. What are you avoiding? Because that right there is your purpose. It is your current purpose, and it will be the key to unlocking your next level of growth as a human in your lifetime on this planet. What we avoid, we avoid out of fear. And what we fear is where we block ourselves from expanding and growing and evolving in our lives. So whatever it is that you're actually avoiding, whatever it is that you are pushing away, is actually the direction you are very, very likely meant to head in. So when you can't follow your intuition, this might sound like bad advice, but follow your fear face your fear because on the other side of your fear, you're going to get a deeper connection to your intuition. You're going to realize oh, I can, or wow, that really wasn't that bad. Or wow, I can actually really trust myself. Lean into it, really face it head on. Even the things that I can think of right now that I know I'm avoiding are the things that I actually need to be doing the most. And I'm avoiding them because why am I avoiding them? I'm avoiding them because I feel like I almost sometimes question like my capabilities. I question my ability. I question, am I good enough? I question, am I smart enough? These are, these are perpetual challenges that my highest self, my inner self, my whatever you want to call it is constantly faced with. This is my pattern. This is my sole purpose to figure out and to learn how to validate myself, how to actually know that I am fully worthy, I am fully capable. So the things that I avoid tend to be the things that I actually need to do most because those are the things that are gonna show me that I am good, that I have everything I need within, that I actually am fully and very much capable. So I've been working on writing lately and I've been loving it so much, but then every time it's time to take that next step to get it ready to push it a little bit more forward to its release date, I always end up avoiding it. I always end up going back. I always end up changing things. And that also comes from, again, fear that I'm not good enough. It's fear that I'm gonna give something to the world or, or release something out to the world that I love. And that comes from a really deep and very personal part of me. One of my inner intellectual happy places or imaginative happy places when I get into my writing space and to share that vulnerability with the world makes me scared. Leaning into that, allowing myself to release something to the world, allowing myself to complete that thing that I need to do, that's actually going to help me evolve, help me grow by sharing and then realizing that it's actually valid on its own, whether or not someone else sees it or agrees with it, because it already was for me. It already existed for me. That imaginative place already created its purpose for me. I already got to go live in it. I already got to go write in it. I already got to, got to go create from it. So whatever it is to somebody else is none of my business, you know? So ask yourself, like, what are you avoiding the most? Oh, there's a spot that I feel a little insecure in. How can we find security in it? And the only way that we find security in our insecurities is by facing our insecurities and then revalidating ourselves in them finding the growth, finding the lesson, finding the wisdom on the other side. So if you need a purpose and you really aren't sure, ask yourself what you're avoiding most right now. Ask yourself what are your basic needs and what are your interests and start heading into the doing. Start facing things. Stop trying to plan it meticulously. Stop trying to make it perfect. Just start doing. Make your choice. 
focus on how you do it, romanticize it a little bit, but bring it, bring it to a sense of reality. Do it from a place of rooted, rooted romanticization. That's the goal. You want to be rooted in reality while romanticizing what you have to do, while you face the things that you avoid and you make space for the things that are really, really nice after your needs are met. And that's your formula. I hope you guys enjoyed today's coffee talk. I'm going to finish my drink and actually have my snack. And I just realized I didn't do my nails. So maybe I'll film a, another coffee talk for another week and do my nails now. I appreciate you all so much sitting here and hanging out with me. I know that this conversation, all of these are conversation styles. So sometimes we get a little lost in the sauce. So I'll collect all of the journal prompts that I just gave you and put them into the description box of both the podcast audio and the podcast video so that they're ready for you to go. So you can go off and journal on these aspects and these thoughts and these deep perplexing, you know, life questions but also don't be afraid to get into that doing and if you are over here on youtube feel free to let me know in the comment section what it is that you actually are going to go do or if you want to share any of your answers to today's prompts feel free to do so i appreciate you guys all so much i'm cheersing you a big cup of iq mix and i will chat with all of you guys in my next coffee talk podcast episode bye everyone